This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest this Friday. My guest is an amazing woman by the name of Domini Drew. So who is Domini? Well, what I can tell you is Domini Drew helps single men attract life partners through accelerated relationship coaching. Her unique proven process shows guys specifically what is holding them back in their dating lives and how to fix it. Her direct intuitive approach is unlike anything else in the industry. She breaks down in mere minutes what has been holding men back for decades. Within weeks, these men are free confident and able to seize the relationships they thought were out of reach with her humorous and authentic style there is not a single struggle she cannot identify and light the way out of as her numerous testimonials prove welcome to the show living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald how are you my friend i'm doing very well thank you so much for having me well, we've been uh, orchestrating this in the in the background for quite some time. So the fact that the day is finally upon us, I couldn't be more grateful and more excited to have you joining us. Thank so, Domini, as everybody knows who graciously follows me, my style and approach to these interviews is unscripted. I think it makes for a much more authentic uh, and organic conversation. You never quite know where it's going to go. But the one question I generally do open up with out of curiosity and for the benefit of the listening audience is how did you know that this was the path you were meant to be on in terms of purpose, in terms of vocation. Uh, what was the epiphany moment for you? Was it the fact that you had crappy relationships and you thought, I got to I gotta be the solution to my own problem here? Or what was this? <laughs> so <clears throat> the work I teach, I've actually done myself for about 15 years. So mm -hmm. I started it quite young. And it was because my life was an absolute wreck. I was uh, <laughs> a ball of self-sabotage, you know, talk about one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, which is really what I help my clients through now was absolutely me in the beginning. Um, and I discovered this particular process that I now use and I, uh, you know, it changed, it, it eventually just changed just about everything, you know, every area where I was, um, where I was suffering or struggling. I was able to clear through the same process. And so I dove right into it and I did it again intensively for, for 15 years. And um, I've known for a very long time, this is what I wanted to do. This is, I, I feel very much as though I'm here on the planet to teach this work. Um, mm -hmm. And so as far as the, the, the work goes, I've known for quite some time, um, but it's only been a couple of years that I've really specialized in working with men and relationships. Um, and I really decided because the work itself is really more about self-sabotage, like where you hold yourself back from what you want rather mm -hmm. than anything that's specifically relationship uh, oriented, right? Because for the most part, whatever issues you're experiencing in your dating life aren't really about dating. <laughs> True. You know, ch chances are whatever you, whatever's holding you back in your dating life is holding you back in business, success, you know, personal relationships, relationships with yourself, confidence, things like that. And so the work could really be applied to anything. And so this particular niche, you know, I, I chose because, first of all, I, I feel very called to it. Um, I enjoy it a lot. I really like working with men. Um, and there's also what I've found is just not a huge amount of support. 
out there for mm -hmm. men right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, I, yeah, I, I felt as though that was um, a really great place to work and it's, it's just taken off. So I think I was on something. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you clarifying that. That was very succinct in your ex explanation. So a few questions that just simultaneously came to me as you were speaking, Dominique. So I'm going to try and hold these as best as I can. So I'll start out with the first one that came to me. Um, so Oftentimes, men feel misunderstood by women. Uh, they pick up signals very differently. We communicate very differently. We interpret very differently. So how is it for what it is you specialize in? How is it that you can relate to men or men feel that they can relate to you in a way that this can turn itself around and become a successful uh, journey for them? You mean if they're struggling with, um, with communicating with women? Yes. So, you know, given that you're a woman uh, and given mm, that uh -huh. you would think like a woman, uh, your experiences would be based on, you know, perhaps female based. So uh, I'm just wondering from the male's perspective in terms of your clients or prospective clients, if they're having difficulties relating, communicating, uh, interacting with, being understood by women, how is it that they feel they can make the leap with you as a female gendered coach? Absolutely. Yeah. So that would make a lot of sense if I were teaching, say, dating tips and tricks mm -hmm. or if, um, you know, working with me was like, you know, reading a self-help book where you like read some interesting information about yourself, but don't really like notice any change in your life necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, the problems that men experience in, in the dating world are not usually because they're men. You know, it's, it's, it's deeper than that. Again, it's not even really about the dating. Most of the time people come into my, my program because, you know, they can't find the right woman or they have anxiety approaching women or they're afraid of rejection or, you know, they get dismissed as the nice guy all the time. And all of the, the reasons for all of those things, they don't have anything to do with the, with the women, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, that's the symptom that's showing, that's directing you, um, to, or that's creating the opportunity to go deep in and work on what it is that's causing that problem in your life. So actually the issue that you brought up is, is super, is a great point and is actually ends up being totally irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yes. I appreciate. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, plus, you know, even if, even in the times when it really does come down to dating, it's really useful to have a woman's perspective. Absolutely. Right. To actually well, really bridge that gap. Absolutely. Well, and, and I know for what I do for a living and, and the fact that we're light workers as well, I know that this is a far deeper, far reaching uh, message than being gender specific. But mm -hmm. I always err on the side of devil's advocate for the sake of the listeners and opening up perspectives and different gateways. Um, and and I, I ask that question, Dominique, because when you look at some of the speakers, the international speakers, the TED talkers, uh, the books that are on the market, you know, oftentimes when we're talking about relationships, one of the speakers, one of the authors, one of the books that comes to mind is John Gray. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And so people do look at this as very tied to gender and how it is that we've been preconditioned uh, and stereotyped to be brought up with former scripts. Mm -hmm. You know, girls gravitate towards pink, boys gravitate towards blue. There's a whole bunch of conditioning that's at play based upon as well the role modeling that took place in our homes. What women stereotypically did versus what men stereotypically did. The fact that mm -hmm. women are very emotional, men very much withhold emotion and they're about doers, their practicality, their pragmatic you know, I got to fix something, whether it be tools, but not necessarily knowing how to uh, fix a relationship. So I, I open this up because even though you and I understand and we speak the same language, I want you to pretend people who are tuning into this really have no clue about this subject matter. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk on that level. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, yes, there are fundamental differences in how we process information or get through a, a, a struggle, right? Mm -hmm. But those things, if you if you analyze them um, directly, will not actually keep you from communicating with your partner, right? Mm -hmm. If there's a communication difficulty, it actually won't be because of those uh, those differences. Now, those differences might be exaggerated, and that might be causing a problem. But then, what the pro then what's actually happening in that situation is there's a defense, mm -hmm. right? So you can see that because some men and women are able to understand each other perfectly, right? Some men mm -hmm. and women are able to, um, you know, if you're in love, let's say you're on the exact same page as your partner or your relationship's going well, you really have that, that amazing on the same page feel, right? So if it's possible 
but it's not happening, then there's something in the way of it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes Mm -hmm. sense. Absolutely. It does. And so one of the questions I'd like to ask you as well, from your perspective, Dominique, is we know that anything to do with love, growth, personal growth, personal development, it is truly 100% an inside job. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the demographic, when you look at statistically, you know, people fall within the 50% range of having been divorced. And oftentimes people are now on their second or third uh, relationships or have incurred second or third divorces. Um, so when people have had that journey with somebody else for, let's say a decade or two decades, they share blood in terms of they've raised children together, et cetera. When they're coming out of that and there's a, a, a identified pattern of either picking continuously the wrong people or coming to an understanding, okay, maybe I didn't dig deep enough. I didn't explore enough. I didn't own enough of my own BC, uh, BS to go deep within to know, you know what? I'm the common deno- denominator of every relationship I have, exactly. good, healthy, or unhealthy and toxic. So when somebody has an established relationship history of having failed relationships for one reason or another, not to be judgmental or define or characterize that person as an actual failure, but they have a longstanding history of failed relationships, when they're now embarking upon the dating scene and they couldn't even get it right with the person who they shared like decades of history with or shared children with, what makes them instantaneously ready or equipped to find or know that they're finally hooking up with the right people or that they've done enough of the inner work uh, to healthily be in a relationship that stands longevity? Sure. So, um, you know, waiting for having done enough work um, can also be a little bit of a trap. Um, because as you know, the other work is, is continuous growth is continuous. Um, and so you may never feel like you're really sort of at that point and it's okay because, you know, relationships are, are messy, right. And you might Mm -hmm. mess it up again and that's, that's okay. Right. But if you're continuously, you know, experiencing failed relationship after failed relationship, whether that's, you know, even just being unable to approach and not even being able to start the relationship in the first place, and you're Mm -hmm. worried about it happening again, then um, I have a great exercise that I encourage people to do, which is, you know, write down um, every single uh, negative thing that's happened in a past relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every time it failed, every time it, you know, you were taken advantage of, or you took advantage or you, you know, didn't make yourself heard. um, You're standing your power or too much, you know, whatever that is for you, write, write them all down, big, small, doesn't matter. And then step back and look at the list that you just wrote and find the pattern. Okay, because there is something that happens over and over and over again that's keeping you from the relationship that you want. And until you realize what it is that's happening over and over again, you don't know what problem to solve. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't teach dating tips and tricks, because that's not your problem. Okay? Beautiful. Right? Mm-hmm. So you and- get to the point where you really can recognize it, and then you know, oh, okay, I keep you know attracting women who run over me or whatever the issue is, and then you know... Boom, that's where you start. Fantastic. And so, Dominique, in your experience and your expertise for what it is that you do working now specifically with men, uh, you know, what are you finding is the common thread or the common denominator with what's going on for them in terms of their path leading to yours and them wanting exactly what it is that they want and what they, and wanting to see a different outcome in their lives uh, on that personal, interpersonal, deepest, significant soulmate uh, however you want to define it level. So what is the common denominator that you're finding with your men clients in terms of what the root of sabotage is or failed relationships, predominantly speaking? Yeah, I think that, um, the, the cause of failed relationships is definitely sabotage that I can say without a doubt. Um, but to, to go further than that and sort of generalize, um, I think would be dishonoring them just a little bit. Um, okay. I would really, um, it, it really does vary, but I can definitely give you some examples. So, mm-hmm. um, people who experience the nice guy thing, right? Mm-hmm. The, I have, I have a whole podcast episode on, uh, you know, do nice guys really finish last and, and what is, you know, what is actually happening there. And it's, it's actually not the case, but it's being made to be the case. It looks like that's what's happening with people. So men who experience, um, you know, consistently being put in the friend zone or kind of the nice guy thing tend to get, uh, into relationships with women who don't appreciate them. 
right? Mm-hmm. They're not being valued and, and heard and honored as men. They're being kind of dismissed or, or walked on. And so what that will tend to do is, you know, when we, if you do that exercise where you find the pattern and then you find what's sabotaging it, in other words, what's causing that pattern, then underneath that, there will be a belief about yourself. Okay. And so a belief about yourself with the nice guy thing could just be, um, you know, you're, you're naturally very kind. You're naturally Mm -hmm. gentle, sensitive, loving. Those are what I call core qualities, right? When we come across a destructive pattern or sabotage, we're distorting those qualities, right? Mm -hmm. So we're each born with different sets of gifts. Of course, you know all this already, but I'll just sort of spell it out a little bit for our readers, uh, our listeners. Um, So when we were each born with a different set of core qualities, right? And if you uh, become threatened or if you feel you need to defend yourself, you're going to defend with your strengths, right? If I Mm -hmm. throw something at you, you're going to defend with your dominant arm. You're not going to be like, I'm going to try a left, you know, or whatever is, which one isn't, right? And so one of the ways you can see what it is, you know, you can work this process back and see what it is that um, is really going on underneath the surface is to look for what qualities are being distorted. So if you are naturally a kind, loving, gentle man, and you're, you feel threatened in a relationship or you feel you need to defend yourself, you will become overly sweet, gentle, nice. And then you get walked on. Mm-hmm. So the distortion of sweetness, gentleness, sensitivity is being a doormat. Hmm. And the doormat is when people say, oh, I'm the, I'm the nice guy. You mm-hmm. are. You are the doormat. But that's not who you are as a, as a as a human, as a man, that's the distortion of your natural gifts, right? If you're naturally, if you're naturally a leader, if you're naturally assertive, um, and that's easy for you, then you will distort into aggression, Mm. you know, fight. Okay. I've got to fight. You know, there's fight and flight, right? Yeah. And so so these, um, these tendencies come up in, um, and they're always a distortion of really excellent, amazing, desirable, attractive qualities but when we're, you know, afraid to step into our power or we're wrapping ourselves in fear or we're fighting because we're afraid of getting soft and letting someone in, you know, all of these things are the ways that we distort our gifts into defenses and then defenses are literally designed to push people away. So that's what keeps us single. Fantastic. So I have to ask you this then, Dominique, does your working so closely with men, are you now seeing from a different perspective some of the shortcomings with your female cohort sisters? (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely a lot of distortion on both sides. Okay. For sure. Um, I do, um, there isn't one, you know, one side that needs more help than another. Um, I do get some flack from women for working with men. I have heard that. Fair Do you? Few times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's the tone I use. I'm also surprised when that comes up. Um, they're like, what do you mean you're working with men, you know, or or even the men will be like, why do we need the work? You know, what about then this sort of like back and forth type of thing? And it's like everybody needs it. I'm called to this area. Um, and, you know, it, it's just a matter of of, you know, where in, in what um, opportunity you're wanting to grow. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so I'll give you my reason for having that kind of reaction is because women, you know, especially women who would consider themselves evolved, women who would consider themselves women who happen to be parents to not only daughters but to sons, you know, we're always looking for ways that we can be part of the solution and raise the conscious level and awareness of all aspects and all uh, contributors to society. So knowing that we are very much geared uh, towards relationship uh, for whatever the reason, whether it's to procreate, whether it's, you know, to avoid loneliness, whether it's to be part of a team, a kick-ass team, whatever. It surprises me for how evolved women are uh, that they would kind of look down on that, shun that, or question that because they would be the ones probably to be inclined to say, yeah, men do need work. They do need somebody to prop them up. They need to have more insight into how it is that we think. Therefore, we might have more success partnering up with one another, which Mm -hmm. would be better for our families, better for our children, uh, better for 
everybody. It's a win-win mm-hmm. across the board. So that's my reason for being a little bit shocked and taken aback by what you're telling me, because most women are going, yeah, go help them, please, because I can't. <laughs> my hands are up in the air. It's a lost cause for me. So, Dominique, please go do that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I think the key, uh, the key phrase that you used right there is evolved women. Yes. Right. Um, the ones who are respond- responding that way obviously are not able to hold that, you know, they have their own issues and their own issues right. come out in man-hating or, or whatever that issue is. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right. The, the, the more evolved soul, whether male or female, um, sees that there's, there's improvement that's happening here. And, and it really is an area of, of great need. Again, not because they're in worse shape than they are, because there's just not that much support. Okay. Days. Now, let me ask you, as a result of the whole Me Too movement, are you finding that men are becoming, when I say men, I'm talking about your specific clients, you know, is there a little bit more increased reticence with them in terms of putting themselves out there in the arena of opening themselves up and not knowing if they're going to be sending off the wrong signals or if they're going to be acting, you know, prematurely for where they are in that dating, initial dating ritual relationship? Uh, are, are men scared of women? Are they scared of relationship because they think it's going to turn around and be some kind of a harassment suit or some kind of disclosure or allegation when really it's just misreading signals? Are you fine? Are they disclosing some of this to you? Their concerns? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And it, uh, I have actually been seeing that quite a bit. Um, and and I think there's there's two levels to that question. One is exactly as you're saying, the, the culture is shifting right now. It's shifting pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And, and everybody's having to adjust, right? Whether that's stepping up into your power and using a voice you've never used or like stepping down and being like, wait, you know, this could actually not go well. Maybe I should second guess my actions, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, on that level, I think people, you know, men are, are really quite nervous a lot of times. They also tend to assume a lot that women don't want to speak with them. Hmm. You know, oftentimes uh, approach anxiety isn't necessarily linked with anxiety. Um, it's, it's, it's reservations approaching because they think they're going to be bothering them or they think that that woman doesn't want to be hit on or, you know, they, they're kind of, they, they assume. Um, and some women might think that's a good thing and some might not. But it is interesting that they're, they are absolutely hesitant to approach because they assume that the woman doesn't want to be, to interact with them. Um, but on a, and also on another level, I would say it's roughly true that men are pretty terrified of women in general. Mm-hmm. I, I don't usually use big generalizations, but like, yeah, I don't think we, we quite realize um, as women, um, A, how terrifying we are, and B, how much power we hold. Mm-hmm. And I think that's and, a real shame. <laughs> and so from your client's perspective, again, focusing on the fact that for people who are just tuning in now, but given that you have cited that you work primarily with male clients in this mm-hmm. arena, what is it that you're oftentimes being told or, uh, you know, you're hearing in terms of what it is about women that they're scared of, that they're terrified or they're intimidated. What are those types of traits that they're feeling that they're on the receiving end of that's resonating with them that would classify them or characterize them as being terrified of women? Oh, I don't, there aren't traits. It's the fear of rejection. Okay. Like it's just sheer, exactly as I said, it's just sheer the power that women hold. We have no idea about this. I discovered this maybe five or six years ago and like, life shifted very significantly because I just sort of assumed, you know, I had all this insecurities going on in my head and things like that. And and now, you know, all those voices that are in my head all the time are actually silent. Mm-hmm. So unless I'm actually actively having a thought, I sit in this place of just sort of calm beingness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to have, you know, voices in my head all the time, you know, you're not good enough. And what's this person think of you? Like all that chit chatter and uh, bullshit that happens yes. in your head all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, is for me is just, you know, it was just constant. It was all the time. And now that is actually gone. That's literally not even something I I thought I I, I was aware could happen. Like I didn't even know that was possible. (laughs) So this work is incredibly powerful. I can't even tell you. Um, My whole relationship with myself and and my life is 180 degrees from from what it was. Um, But yeah, I don't even think it's it's necessarily qualities. It's, you know, if you are a, a, a woman who values herself, who feels confidence, then you are very attractive um, to the men around you. And that is really intimidating on its own. Okay. Well, you know what? This is a good segue because 
I, I'm going to interject some personal stuff here, and you can you you can navigate this with me. Um, you being a very strong, empowered woman, as well as myself. I mean, there's parallels between you and I. This is why you would be a guest on my show. This is why I have my own show. You know, we've learned what it is to be independent. We've learned what it is to navigate our own journey. We've learned what it is to own our own voice and to put our presence out there in the world without, you know, worrying about the chatter of what people think, the naysayers, mm-hmm. the critics, the whatever. So, you know, yes, from afar, People find confidence very sexy. But then when people make that leap of faith, and I'm going to use the example of men because this is your clients and this is something that I've encountered too. So as a very empowered woman, as somebody who's very independent, who doesn't need a man, but if I choose to, yes, I might welcome somebody into my life. Mm -hmm. Now, when somebody makes that leap of faith and then we're in the arena of dating or we're in the arena of getting to know each other on a more intimate level... I find sometimes then the perception changes. It's like my so-called strengths, what was once upon a time attractive and alluring and mysterious and all that awesome stuff, then it gets used against me because it's like men typically like to feel needed. They know they like to know that they serve a purpose, that there's something to fix, uh, that they're, you know, that they're sought out for things. So what is it? I mean, how do empowered women such as yourself, myself and other people tuned into the show without without making the choice to dummy down? Because for me, that's a non-negotiable. That will mm-hmm. never happen. You either accept me for who I am or you don't. But I'm not going to you know, be a contortionist and, and, and come down to your level because my inner confidence or my strength is intimidating to you. Once upon a time, it, it was attractive. Now, so that's a re, that's your issue. You go obviously, you've got more work to do on your own self confidence. So this is what I'm finding because of the the shift to, and change within the culture. Women, even just based on statistics of being single moms and being divorced and having to go it alone, and wanting to be that and have to be that role model to our children, boys and girls. You know what? You find your voice in this world. You stand up on your own two feet. You find out what you're passionate about, what your purpose is. And if somebody comes and joins you in the journey, that's great. That's an added bonus. But don't be relying on other people to make you whole. You be whole first and then you're kick ass together if it's the right person. So how do we overcome that? How do we overcome empowered women being empowered, but not that not being intimidating to men or being a deal breaker as far as a relationship actually getting off the ground? Well, empowerment in self is not intimidating mm-hmm. as, as, as its own in, in the essence of empowerment, right? Now, some people might find it intimidating. That person would not be a match for you. Right. Right. Assertiveness is also not intimidating at its core. But if you are easily intimidated by assertiveness, then finding a partner who's assertive would not work for you. Right. So just in the in the basics of how people sort of fit together, Um, which means that it's not that all empowered women are coming off as intimidating to all men. It's that empowered women need men who are attracted to that. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, if you're finding, um, you know, if if it's a pattern for you to uh, attract a man um, who sees you and thinks you're great, and then when he sort of gets under the layers and something happens and mm-hmm. it ends up being too much, there's a couple of different things that could happen. Um, one is, you know, if you're if you're an empowered person, then you're you naturally have that strength, right? Mm-hmm. You naturally have that, even if you didn't grow up with it. Like I didn't grow up with it, but I I found it, I discovered it, and I'm courageous and big, and I'm able to to sort of stand in that space, right? So you already have that natural core quality. And of course, what do we do with our core qualities? We distort them. Mm. So at some point, there might be some place where once they get a certain level, um, actually defense comes up in you that maybe like pushes that uh, uh, empowerment or somehow distorts it and then that pushes them away. Or it could be on the other side where Mm -hmm. You know, he gets to a certain point and then, you know, it, his defenses come up. It's like, okay, I can handle a strong woman, but like this one's too much. This reminds me of my mother. It's just a reaction <laughs> to it or not. <laughs> right. So we're all, right. all the time. Um, but if it's a pattern for, for you, I hope you don't mind me saying, um, no. that's a place to, that, that would be an edge for you. Why does it keep happening? Cause it's mm-hmm. not like all empowered women. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, what is it about, you know, you stand very comfortably in your power, you speak very clearly, you have, you know, a, a big audience, you have a, um, you know, a big presence. 
And then, of course, even if we have big presents or we have a lot of our shit together, there's still going to be little issues. So there tells me that there's something that happens uh, a little ways in. That's sort of 10% mm-hmm. in there that you're kind of showing me as you were talking um, that uh, that then hits something and something shifts. Um, mm-hmm. So if it keeps happening, then then that would be the place to look. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to hear because a lot of people who would be tuning into this, this would be very good pertinent information for self-checking, putting ourselves under the microscope. And I certainly appreciate that as well. Um, and uh, so, you know, Dominique, in terms of common denominators for what men want, what women want within a relationship, does that happen? Is there consensus on that? Are, are women and men wanting the same thing? It's just how to go about achieving it with the right person at the right time under the right circumstances. Like what's aligned and what's, what's the drawback in terms of this being still murky ground for people? Yeah, I, I really do see a lot of similarities actually. Everybody wants uh, kind of roughly the same things. Now, to be clear, like the men that I speak with on the phone, I speak to a lot of single men because I do a, a free call for people who are interested in working with me. And mm-hmm. so I t- end up speaking to, you know, even if not everybody signs up with me, to probably thousands of men, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, that sounds like a lot, but it's actually a pretty specific niche down group of people. So the men that I speak to want relationships mm-hmm. a lot, right? That's why they came to me. So I'm, I'm really looking at actually what ends up being a very narrow sliver of the, of the population. Um, but I can absolutely say, because I know a lot of women, again, people generalize a lot like, oh, men want this or women want this. And I just about never, I think I've said it, I've said it more times on this uh, in the last half hour than I have in, the, in months, um, because I just tend to, send a, to stay away from it. Because as soon as you do that, you kind of generalize your own life experience and it doesn't match everybody else's. And True. so you're a little bit out of reality when you do that. Um, and so, but, but, but it, most people do it most, most times in the day. Um, you can sort of pay attention for it in your language a little bit. And that really helps a lot just to speak what's actually true. Um, mm-hmm. but a lot of women will, will sort of, uh, come to me and, and say exactly like, what is it? You know, no men want commitment, right. Or men don't want to, you know, this or that. And like, I gotta ta- I gotta tell you, you know, the guys that I talk to are really excited to commit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not coming to me saying they want, um, five girlfriends, they're, t- they're coming to me saying they want companionship. They want, oh. you know, emotional support. They want someone they can take care of, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so it's absolutely, you know, they're, they're, and a, a lot of actually men are come to me and say they've, their experience is that women don't want to commit these days, mm-hmm. that they're coming across women, which of course, again, keep in mind is whoever's saying that to me, that is that person's pattern. Right. So something in that person is attracting that repeated pattern to them. Whatever is happening to you in your life, as I'm sure you talk about a lot on the show, you're bringing it in. Absolutely. Yeah. So always keep in mind. So every data, every piece of data you think you have about the world is skewed by definition, (laughs) by virtue of it coming through the screens of your, you know, your past, your life experiences, your belief system, you know, all of these things, you're seeing it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really important to know because that, that's why the generalizing doesn't work, right? Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't work to say, um, you know, men don't want to commit because that's not true. It's like, have you asked them all? Right. Have you, have you, have you checked with every single, they're like, they're like, well, the women want this. And I'm like, really, have you asked them? Right. You know, what, what do women want? I don't know. I haven't asked them all. Like that's, I always do that. And it's, it's like, it just kind of helps you remember that, you know, you really can't, uh, you really can't accurately experience life in that way, unfortunately. Well, let me ask you this, Dominique, and you can, you can let myself and the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers know the truth of this, because this is your level of expertise. So you can refute this and say, okay, this is distorted reality, or in fact, statistically, this is true, or there is an element of true, or it's a gray area. So Oftentimes you hear stereotypically that women are quite fine to be on their own. They know how to, in some cases, not all women, but when they're coming out of a relationship, they've uncoupled, call it divorce, call it common law, call it whatever. They're quite fine to go through the healing process before necessarily jumping into the next relationship. 
what I hear stereotypically is that men have a hard time being alone. And oftentimes men will admit to that. I don't like to be alone. I actually feel better and I feel stronger when I'm with somebody else, mm-hmm. even though I just came out of my last relationship two weeks ago. So that too could, could speak to why certain things are breaking down because there might not be a sufficient level of healing going on or learning the core lessons or doing the work or putting the microscope on self to go, okay, you know, it takes two to tango. Uh, When things were good, we both contributed to that. When things fell apart, perhaps we were both responsible for that on some end. Uh, So what do I need to do differently to make my next relationship a different experience uh, going forward? So, Is it a myth that men typically are the ones who don't like to be alone and therefore relationship hop and therefore the relationships are more likely to break down because they've not done the healing work from their last relationship and perhaps the 10 others before that? That is not something I have experienced. Okay. I haven't actually even seen that as a pattern. That was news to me. That's that's interesting. Um, I have seen... Um, there's definitely people who do relationship hop. I haven't seen a gender specific gap in that. I know a lot of women who do the same. They can't tolerate being on their own. It comes down to, can you tolerate your own company? Yes. Like that's what it comes down to. It actually has nothing to do with, um, you know, even how badly the last one went, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of guys who have taken months, years off after relationships, um, it's actually not uncommon for me at all. Again, that's a pretty small um, uh, portion of the population statistically. But, um, you know, there's, there's definitely plenty of men who are like, ouch, that hurt terribly. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that again. I will say something that occurred to me as you're talking is one thing I do hear, and this might be really useful for people who are in relationships. A lot of the guys I talk to who have had divorces, really painful breakups, you know, uh, married for years, children, whole lives that just cracked, they will often come to me and say they have no idea why it fell apart. Hmm. They will come to me and say, one day she just left. She said she doesn't, she didn't, you know, she's, uh, nothing happened. She just doesn't love me anymore. She's gone or she cheated and she was gone and we've been happy for 25 years. So it's very possible, you know, as, as women, we do tend to be really quite intuitive. Um, and we also tend to assume that everybody sees things the way we do. Everybody mm-hmm. does that on some level, but there's a very particular level here where it's like, obviously he knows that I hate it when he comes home late from work because I'm frustrated when he gets home from work. He may not know that's why you're frustrated. You have to use your words with mm-hmm. guys, you know, you really need to, because that is where we, we, we communicate slightly differently. You know, Lisa, you know, I don't even know each other super well, but we're, we could be very on the same page very quickly, you know, on, you know, without even really having a lot of past life experience together. Mm-hmm. Right. We just kind of do that in some way, you know, mm-hmm. these guys, from what I've, you know, there, there are really intuitive men, some men get it, but those men, even those men will tend to ask, they're like, hey, I'm noticing that you're frustrating. Why, frustrated. Why are you frustrated? So, so if you if things have like not been going well for a long time, and you think it's obvious, assume it's not. Like default to over communicating, because chances are he wants to fix it. <laughs> As you said, the inclination to fix, right? Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. have that element of masculinity very much in myself. I'm say, okay, like what's the, you know, one of the ways I'm able to get um, really such transformative, dramatic results as I am so quickly, like in a matter of weeks, um, mm-hmm. is because I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on the symptoms. Yeah. You know, I don't spend a lot of time talking about shit that isn't the point. It's like, exactly. okay, do you, do you want to fix this? Do you want to do it now? Okay, great. Like sit down, let's, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you know, I, I've got the path for you. You know, I can guide mm-hmm. you through it. Absolutely. Well, default so, email uh, communication. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, another parallel that we share amongst ourselves too, because I'm very much about the being solution focused as opposed to problem saturated. I don't have time for pity parties. I don't give myself permission to sit in that space. I don't entertain it from other people. I've got too much stuff to do. So, 
you know, when we talk about relationships, and of course, we understand everybody's operating at a different level of self-awareness. We understand that everybody has different life experiences. People have had different role models that have left certain ingrained uh, blueprints or impressions on, you know, how they view women or how they view men, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's not to say that when we get to this age, this stage in life, we all have a choice. We can uh, decalibrate in the way that we think. We can be open to new perspectives. We can, you know, mentor up, coach up uh, to find out what it is that's holding us back, what's keeping us stuck, what's keeping us immobilized by fear, perhaps. But, you know, if we parallel this situation with, you know, if we're talking about somebody who was abused in childhood and it happened within the home and you've got either the mother or the father, either because of their own escapism or their own mental health issues or their own level of denial or submerging the truth uh, as their own coping mechanism, you know, most therapists in all of these situations will come out saying on some level, some subconscious level, you knew that this was transpiring. So when we flip that back to what you're saying, when you hear from some men saying, you know what, I was married for 25 years and women say it too, uh, but we're focusing on the men because that's your client niche. And I, you know, I have no idea why this fell apart. Well, you know, I, I have a hard time with that one because typically women uh, and I, I'm going to be, I play devil's advocate to everything, but oftentimes one of the things that repels men is she says the same thing over and over again she mm, nags mm -hmm. me she nags mm -hmm. me to death she's always saying the same shit all all the time and it, I, I can never win so uh, you know I think yes there are some women who are more introverted who have a hard time uh, being transparent who have a hard time being good communicators therefore also being good listeners I get that this falls within all demographics all genders etc cetera, etc cetera. but I think if you're going through life in a 25-year marriage and you wind up on the divorce end and you're then saying or proclaiming, I don't know how I wound up here. I really don't know. I'm kind of looking at that person, man or woman, going, really? Maybe that's the fucking problem. Like, how could this be such a shock to you? Mm. Yeah, you know... So from the woman's side, yes, repeating yourself does not help you be heard. Really. No, very true. Very true. <laughs> so the 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 sort of nagging uh, stereotype. You're right. It, it's it's a women will a woman will nag because she feels unheard, um, and nagging does not solve that problem. It makes her more unheard. So here we see the shape of the defense, right? Yeah, uh, on both sides. Um, you you also said you know that you know on on some level these things go on and you're aware of it. I mean on some level we're all aware of a whole lot more than we're consciously aware of, right? True. So maybe on some level they knew, but it doesn't matter because they can't function on that level. Mm -hmm. It only matters that they can that they hear it consciously, right? So mm -hmm. listen, I would say two things. I'll speak directly to the to the women for for um, who are in the situation for a minute. So there's two things. One is to Make yourself heard, not by getting louder. Okay, I actually tend to get a lot quieter when I'm where it's very uh, when it's very important for me to be heard. Um, so rather than sort of you know repeating or fighting against something, you know, don't bang your head against a wall. If it's not working, try something else. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, a relationship where I needed to do this. I literally sat him down and said, "To be clear, this is me telling you that there is a problem in our relationship that is bad enough for me to consider leaving you." Mm -hmm. I want you to know so that when I leave, you're not wondering. And this is years ago. This is before I started this work at all. Awesome. <laughs> but, I, but I really said it that clearly because uh, it's, it's, it's not on me. You know, I'm, I'm telling you in all these different ways. You're not hearing me. So I sit down and say, to be clear, you're not, I'm not feeling that you're hearing me, right? I'm mm -hmm. not feeling heard. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other piece is it's not your job. You can't force someone to hear you. Mm -hmm. You speak more clearly. But if you say something, you know, as clearly, for example, as I just said it, and it's not heard, that's not my responsibility. I can't, I can't take responsibility for the other person's um, level of receptivity or not level of receptivity. All I can control is my level of communication or not. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. it makes sense. The important so, thing to fix, like the, is like, is is saying it in a way. You know, you may not know what that way is, but try. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. exist. You know. I'm, you're, to be clear, I'm, you know, <laughs> pointing out what it is that's happening in a really clear way will 
make it so that, you know, it's possible all the guys that get on the call with me, their wives did that, you know, but they're like reasonably intelligent men. And again, they want to fix it for the most part, the people that I speak to. Um, if they don't, it's not on you anyway. And it's not, you know, mm-hmm. you need to move on from. Yeah. So for your level of expertise, you know, have you ever wound up being in a situation where your advice has been to your clients, you know what, I don't think you're ready for a relationship, not because you don't have a lot of love to give, not because you're not worthy, not because you're not deserving. Maybe you just haven't taken enough time for yourself uh, before seeking somebody else out and sharing who you are and contributing to that relationship and giving of yourself to that person. So, you know, do do you, have you encountered uh, in your roster of caseloads or your initial consultations with clients, Domini, where you're innately feeling as you're learning more information about this person, you know what, you've got lots to give and I'm quite sure you're going to find what you're looking for. Maybe now is not the right time because you're trying to fill that void or you're trying to fill that gap or you just were so lambasted in your last relationship. You're looking for anything that's going to make you feel like a little bit more remotely validated in this world. Do you think sometimes people just need more time? Well, you asked a few different questions there. Uh, the yeah. first question you asked is, is do I, do I ever give people the advice that they're not ready to be in a relationship? No. Okay. I have never given someone that advice. That is utterly not okay because that assumes, first of all, that I know what's better for them than they do. I don't give right. advice at all. Actually, okay. I don't, I don't advise. Okay. Uh, cause again, that, that has an underlying assumption that, you know, their natural inclination is incorrect. It's well, not, I mean, I, I mean it more from a probing standpoint in terms Absolutely. of, yeah, like a suggestion, not, not you wearing the judgment, imposing that upon them, probably wrong choice of words on my end. But what I'm meaning is, you know, when you're sensing that somebody is just still raw, still in the thick of it, but they just don't necessarily want to be alone or they're lonely or they're trying to fill that void, fill that gap, increase mm-hmm. their self-esteem, you know, because sometimes people get into the, in re, they're seeking relationships for all the wrong reasons. It's not that Absolutely. they're seeking relationships for all the right reasons or because they're in a position to really truly give what a relationship deserves and needs to be sustainable and healthy. Yes. Um, and that I do come across a lot. When I say I don't, I don't advise, I don't even really recommend. Okay. Um, I, I don't lead them anywhere. What I, my, my specialty in this, I'm so weirdly amazing at this, Lisa, is I... I help you see what you're doing mm-hmm. that's holding you back from what you want. That's okay. it. So naturally, if you, want, um, if you want a relationship and you're not able to get one, for whatever reason that is, then we're in my area of expertise because there's something happening in your system that's keeping that from happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, and you know that because you want one, Right. So you want a relationship, it's not coming to you, or it keeps um, getting messed up, or you can't find the right person, or however it's looking for you. Um, There's something in between you and that thing, or you would have it. Mm -hmm. Right, because our natural state is to kind of, um, our, our natural state is in that state of flow. People usually have like moments of it where they're like, wow, that went really easy, or that was really effortless. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of the natural state. Your life can be like that all the time, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, the fa- so, so I never sort of say, do you think you're not ready for a relationship? What I will do is say, okay, so this keeps happening. You know, why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. I, I do have a lot of people come to me who say they want a relationship and realize after a little bit of work that they don't want one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens. But that's okay okay because they're still getting, you know, they're getting their mojo back. They're getting more confident. They're more free. They're, you know, my, my intention for my clients isn't necessarily like get in a relationship. You know, it doesn't matter to me whether they're in a relationship or not. What matters to me is that they're not uh, sabotaging themselves without realizing it. Gotcha. That they have the option to get into a relationship if they want one. That's where I, you know, I, I just help get you out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And that is the most powerful thing. I mean, it's just been, it's, it's incredible to, to watch it work. I literally have clients who's, uh, whose family members within about a week or two of them, of him joining my program, his father 
who I'd never met, reaches out to me on Facebook and says, I barely recognize my son. I've never seen him smile this much. I've never seen him this happy. Wow. Um, I, you know, thank you so much for what you're doing. He's, he's unrecognizable. And that's actually Amazing. really common. Yeah. Amazing. Well, obviously you're doing phenomenal work. Clearly you've tapped into your purpose and being cognizant of time, Dominique, because I could talk to you for hours on end. And of Likewise. course, you're always, you're always welcome to come back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. But I'd like to give you the opportunity because I'd be remiss if I did not. How can people reach out to you, men specifically, because that's your client niche? How can men reach out to you specifically for an initial consultation or to find out more about you? Absolutely. Yeah. The best place is dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. Um, and that is a, it's a really great little video. It takes you to a little video of me talking about you know, who I am and what I do. And then if you're interested in uh, booking a time to get on the phone with me, then it gives you the chance to schedule that right there and you can get on the phone with me and we'll see how I can help. Fantastic. Well, Dominique, I just want to say on behalf of the loyal listeners, myself, the podcast subscribers, the networks, uh, thank you very much for the gift of your time. Thank you for your words of wisdom. You had a really different flavor and perspective that's very unique for what it is you do, because oftentimes when people gravitate towards the self-help section, everything's, everybody's saying the same things. I did, yes. not, get, I did not get that <laughs> from you, and I did not get that from our interview. So for me personally, interviewing you on this subject matter with this different level of perspective was a breath of fresh air. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep shining. Thank you. Uh, to the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for the gift of your time very clear on my purpose, which is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until mm -hmm. next Friday, I wish you a phenomenal weekend. Love and gratitude. Take care. All my best. Thank you, Dominique, once again. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.